this is our 101 episode. And as a very nice uh, show of gratitude from YouTube for our hard work, they demonetized <laughs> us. <laughs> You're bad. We don't want you to make any money off of this. Yeah. Well, you know, well, uh, well, I find it funny that we're demonetized, yet I saw multiple ads on our last uh, <laughs> uh, Strange New World review from last week. So I don't know. That's the, that's the well, we are. No, no, we are. Yeah, we don't get anything from it, but they do. So like, listen, 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 you're you're punished, but we're going to continue making money. Of course, that's the way big business works. Yeah. And we see it all over the place. And you can see it in, in the Hollywood strike right now. Obviously, Netflix doesn't care at all they're like hey we could just let this strike keep going forever it's not impacting us at all you know because they have so much unscripted content so yeah you know the big the big money makers always will make the big money and the rest of us will succumb to them but we have some popular will <laughs> we will we just want to survive on your planet sir just a little bit longer um but we we have found a way to somewhat circumvent the the thing because um, you know, we want to do these shows, but, uh, we also appreciate your support and we need it. Um, frankly speaking. So Brian, what have you done so that we can continue having an unleashed hero each week? Let me tell you something. Uh, I want to tell Streamlabs that while I appreciate your service immensely, you do not make this easy. <laughs> <laughs> you don't make it easy, but I appreciate you. Um, yeah. So we hooked up with strange, uh, strange Streamlabs. And uh, you can find us to find the tip portion at our new website, uh, soon to be popcast.co. But right now it's because that's another thing. They couldn't figure out how to get the game servers to work. But oh. streamlabs.co slash the popcast live if you want to support the channel. Um, I'll show you what that looks like. It's pretty awesome. I think it looks cool anyways. Yeah, so if you're used to super chatting uh, from the YouTube platform, of course, they don't allow that for us anymore. So if you do want, you still can, you can, we're just not calling it a super chat. We're calling it a popcast chat. I don't know. I just made that up. Um, and you can do it tips. Mm. Tips. tips. Yeah. And so what, what's cool is we still can see your comment and you still uh, support the channel and we can still play our game, which is the most important thing anyways. So, yeah. And the cool thing is uh, if you go to streamlabs.com slash the popcast live, um, you can see it here top right of the screen. Um, if you go there, not only can you watch the stream, but you can also mm. see the YouTube chat. Oh, wow. So you can see That's the cool. YouTube chat. If you see to the right, um, you can you can support us with tips. That's what they're calling it. Um, and you can even share like YouTube videos and stuff like that to us. So it's a pretty cool thing. Uh, I know it's not as rem remotely as easy as YouTube, but it's pretty cool. Just so you know, one of our top supporters here in this awesome, awesome uh, podcast Brian's popcast hat. <laughs> that's uh, that's Chris, isn't it? Christopher Mays. <laughs> I tell you, Christopher, you almost look like an AI. It looks like an AI version of him. Yes. Yeah, you know, right. he sent two pictures, and I went with the one that was the most inappropriate. So, and I'm 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 proud of him that he he did send it shirtless. So we appreciate that. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah. That's a, that's a a true bro. Keep it coming, brother. Great yeah, support I'll, of the channel. Thank you so much, Chris. We're going to keep building out that website. Um, we realized after we got demonetized that no matter how kind and vanilla and... <laughs> and we're in danger. I don't what know it is. if vanilla is the right term. Like, I, I think that we're just like really sort of kind and 
you know, we don't go out of our way to offend anyone, right? Um, Not we always assume that would that that would make us safe from the YouTube gods of wrath. No, but. No. <clears throat> Well, the scary thing is that that a lot of it's not just us. There are so many channels that are being demonetized right now. There, it's um, it's scary. Like just going on Twitter, there's just like every day more and more and more channels. And I think what's happened is is when YouTube turned over, and of course it got a new uh, person in charge of YouTube, right? Right, new CEO. The new, yeah, whatever the new CEO. When that happened, I think he came in and said, "You know what? I don't give a shit. We're just going to start cutting people's heads off." And they're doing it in a way it used to be you get a warning if you've done something wrong or you just you had to do something wrong in order to get in trouble on YouTube. Now, uh, you don't necessarily have to do anything wrong. I don't know if it's if somebody just doesn't like you or they've set up these new parameters uh, with their system so that as they do checks and they see something that might be a flag, they just demonetize you immediately. So that's the route they're going. And it's just, you know, obviously one more you know, big company who makes money off of people who doesn't care about the people they're making money off of. It's just like the world we live in this day. You can do YouTube, you can say Amazon, eBay, all of them. They all treat their, their, their money earners like crap. And, uh, well, that's where we're at, right? Yeah. And the, this is, I, I guess we made the mistake of trusting larger businesses because like, like mm. all, all of our eggs are in these people's baskets. Like we work on Amazon and we <laughs> right, work on YouTube right. and we work on eBay. Like we work with marketplaces and platforms that just have the ability to unilaterally decide you no longer get to like, you know, eat. <laughs> right, right. And when it's not our fault, because we used to have our own websites, our own channels, our own mom and pop stores. But as we all know, you know, the kind of the way things work and the big dogs come in, they destroy all the mom and pop stores. You can own your own website, but nobody's going to buy from your website anymore. Now they're going to go to Amazon and different places. So you're either stuck working with them. We have a website. We sell merch. You guys know mixedtees.com. You can go there and buy stuff and people buy from there. But when we first started the store years and years and years and years ago now, there was we had plenty of orders. Right. Yeah. But, it used to be that way. Yeah. Yeah. We, I remember the first time we put it up, <laughs> I remember, uh, I was like, Shane, um, I made this, this t-shirt site. Okay. You got to check it out. And he's like, Oh, okay. It looks cool. I'm like, uh, and I'm like, cool. I'm going to make it live. And he goes, well, hold up. Hold up. I'm like, well, maybe I should re- repeat myself. Maybe I should correct that statement. I already made it live. And he's like, what? <laughs> I'm like, yeah, I already made it live. And he goes, all the shirts are $10. And I'm like, yeah, I know. He goes, that, you can't make it. That, they cost more than ten dollars. I'm like, oh, I'll fix that before I can fix that. We already had like twenty five orders. <laughs> right, right. It's like, hold on. Um, That's funny. But back no, but then, right. you can you can build it, and they would come. But now you are competing mm. with people that have so much power and so much sway over the internet. It's impossible to compete with them. It just is. Yeah, it's either you 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 get on board or or you just you don't get to play at all. So, and so they've created these environments in the end, really the only way that we can fight back, um, you know, is hopefully through alternate means, you know, and hopefully competition is what, is what does that. You need other services that do cater to us, you know, because we're the ones who, 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 who kind of bring our community in. So you guys are here watching our channel and YouTube gets a portion of everything that, that you put into the channel. So, you know, we're we're a partner. That's what the YouTube partner program is about. And uh, they're not being very good partners. And for us, all so. the friends out there who are like, hey, you guys, you guys got to get on Rumble. We already are. 
We've been there for like a year and a half. Rumble's just not ready yet. It's not able yeah. to support professional people who do this. Uh, really. I mean, like maybe maybe support like I, if you're already large and you have a platform off-site, then you can get people to come to Rumble. But if if but if you don't, if you're not, you know, a Russell Brand, then getting people to come <laughs> right. to your Rumble page is very difficult um, because there's <clears> so little. Uh, uh, generic traffic on rumble in comparison to youtube did you see the critical drinker was on russell brand i did i saw that i was like i was like, like hey, I that guy i'm like what the heck is <laughs> you know it was it was really cool to see him there being the the voice of hollywood reason explaining why movies are doing terrible today and of course he always have, has incredible takes so yeah it was a lot of fun if you haven't seen that go check him out on i love there. this chat from matt vader we're we're uh oh i can't see it that's a bummer why is it not working? YouTube turns you oh, off. There it goes. Uh, you're so controversial. I have to watch your channel with a sensor but button plug in. <laughs> Did you say sensor button plug in? Uh, that's nice. funny. But plug in. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like I said, we you know we have no problem uh, sharing our opinions and being matter of fact, but we are we are also really respectful and. I, I, I don't like, I'm not saying about shame, but I know I always go out of my way to not curse. Uh, not that it offends oh, me, man. but I know that I it didn't... might offend someone. So I try. It, you know, it's possible that cursing is actually part of the problem. Really? So it's, I think they might be trying to get people to stop doing that. I don't know. I mean, obviously I've been cursing a lot lately, so I'm, I'm going to try to tone it down today. <laughs> at least a little bit. All right. Well, listen. Um, we got a great show for you today. Yes, we are talking about, we have a huge, massive Stargate video coming mm. up on the main channel. Um, we got some awesome information on that. We're not going to share all the information, but we'll give you a little, some we'll give you, we'll tease you a little bit today. We're going to, little, little, little tease. We're just going to touch your crotch <laughs> a little bit. Um, what? We're going to do what? I, no. I was going to say something else and I decided to not. <laughs> I was surprised. We're also going to do our Strange New Worlds uh, season two, episode six review. Um, we're not doing ups and downs for this for this show anymore. The rest of the season, no more. Uh, it just takes too long, and uh, we don't care enough. So, yeah, that's that. And we're I'm also, trying to get making me mad again. Stop. <laughs> we're also talking about uh, our movie report this this week. We're going to be talking about. Why uh, Snow White hates little people. Oh, yeah, that's going to get us in trouble. <laughs> um, yeah, no, we've got we've got some Snow White stuff to talk about. We've got uh, some Barben, Barben, Barbieheimer, Barber, Barbieheimer, Barber, whatever it is, Barbieheimer, which I got to tell you, I'm so I'm so frustrated. I wanted to roll into this Thursday seeing like Sound of Freedom and Barbie and Oppenheimer and. I've got three birthdays this week. This is like a weird week for every year. I have one week where three of my family members have birthdays. I got my, my eldest son's turning 24, my uh, fourth child, my fourth, third, fourth, third son, fourth child is turning 14. And my wife's birthday is also this week. And it's like, boom, 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 boom. So I haven't had time to like, just go to the movies and, and, and do these, but we will be, I'm going to see Oppenheimer tonight and, uh, and I will find a way to, to get Barbie and uh, Sound of Freedom in, so we can talk about it. Barbieheimer, but and I've heard you know when Grace Randolph came out with the with the Barbie is an, is one of the best movies she's ever <laughs> seen. 
and uh and then came out with the oppenheimer's boring i'm like this she is she is such a great template from now on yeah like whatever take she has on the movie just assume it's going to be the opposite yeah and move on it's like Which she's, is, a, she's an amazing barometer for what we're gonna like assuming she doesn't like it like yeah. it was funny when you said uh you said on on twitter i think you were like uh oh this is the kid the Dreas randolph kiss of death yeah like <laughs> it is it really is like greatest movie ever. i'm like oh well all my excitement level for this movie just plummeted instantly. right because i was kind of interested in seeing it i'm like okay margot robbie and you know it's got some interesting things and then she's like hyper super feminist you know or whatever i'm like what i you know listen we know that barbie is you know trying to you know is, is a girl power type of thing which you kind of expected but i haven't seen it so i can't really comment on it but um the word going around is, is that it is definitely uh, hyper girl good, ba uh, men bad. So we'll see how that goes. Girl good, men bad. <laughs> All right. Well, I mean, I'm still going to watch it because uh, I'm a glutton for punishment. Oh, yeah. We watch everything. Yeah. All right. So um, I had a, fun, a funny thing, a real quick uh, thing before we go to the Stargate thing. Not trying to make any wait, anybody wait, but I've, I've been waiting all week to rant about this, and this show isn't very important for me. It's part of my, you know, cathartic ability to uh, maintain my mental health. So, <clears throat> mm. first off, I want to say I've been watching Always Sunny in Philadelphia, mm. and uh, they're for the most part they've been pretty uh, miss, but this last episode really hit because it was a. Uh, Dennis, the main character Dennis, uh, having a mental health day, and I thought it was really funny mm. because the day before, I'm at Home Depot and I'm trying to use my military discount, and it's like you got to download the app, the Home Depot app. Mm. So I'm sitting there at the checkout, and I'm like downloading the app. So I don't, you know, who needs an app for this? But I'm downloading the app, and I'm plugging in like my military creds and all that. <clears throat> Finally, 20 minutes later, I get it in there. And it's like, and the lady comes and goes, oh, you gotta scan the QR code. I'm like, oh, okay, let me do that. Let me scan the QR code. <laughs> At what point is this discount no longer worth my time? Right. They're like, put your forearm out. We are going to take blood now. Right now, and then and then I go to. I'm getting my car fixed. I go to the mechanics, and I'm like, hey, listen, do you have a, a card or something so I can call you? He goes, oh, it's, it's right here. And he he shows me a QR code. He goes, just scan that. I'm like, I don't I don't want to scan that. Do you have a card? <laughs> He goes, oh, you guys got to scan that. I'm like, I don't, I don't want to pull my phone out, open the lens app. I don't want to do all that. Just, can you just mm -hmm. give me a card? He goes, I don't, we don't have any cards. We use QR codes. I'm like, okay. okay. I just go through the effort of doing that. <laughs> the whole nine, right? Yeah. Well, then I'm coming home and my wife's like, hey, our, our laundry washer, the washing machine is broken. And I'm like, what? How is it broken? So I go in there and I open up the laundry the washing machine and it's like uh some tech support thing so i go online i i type in the error code and it's like uh in order to see what this uh, in order to troubleshoot your washer you have to install the maytag app oh so i'm installing the app on my phone <laughs> and i'm making another Where's account. The story going and i'm logging in and it's not working and I'm like, F it. And so I unplug the thing and I walked away. Come back in. I guess it reset. It works. Fine. So I got to get this. Just to use the thing, I need an app. Everything requires an app or a QR code. It's driving me nuts. And then I watched this episode of Always Sunny. And 
uh, the main character rents a car and you have to use an app because it's like a Tesla or something. You have to use an app as the key for the car. Oh, nice. And he has this statement. He's like, you know, um, for almost 100 years, we've just had keys, but I guess we have to use a phone now. All right. <laughs> the phone is the key. That's the point. And he realized. I mean, think about it. You open up doors with it. Right, everything. Yeah, yeah. He realizes by the end of the episode, the reason we all require mental health breaks is because the act of convenience. So, like, these apps and QR codes and the consolidation of this information was supposed to make our lives easier, but instead, it made our lives so complicated and so difficult to communicate with real people that we require mental health breaks just to get well, through the minutia. Yeah, well, it's not easier for the consumer. It's easier for the person creating the product. So right. that's the thing about technology. They're not making it easier for us. Mm -hmm. They're making it easier on them. They don't have to make business cards. They don't have to create websites. They don't have to have people talk on the phone. All It's, it's easier for them. It's not easier for the consumer. So don't be tricked and fooled by people saying that technology is to make life easier for everyone. No, it's to make life easier for the people who make money. Right. So there you go. Yeah, so uh, bottom line is yesterday, yesterday in my travels, I ended up having to install four apps just to get through the day. <laughs> so. Well, at least you weren't attacked by a wild animal. Yes, yes. And I got to tell you <laughs> that this is the weirdest thing. I I turn 50 next month, guys, and I'm telling you right now, the weirdest thing that's ever happened in my life in, in, in a natural situation. Okay, and I've been camping. I've spent a lot of time in nature. Okay, I'm sitting at my kids real quick rant. Real quick story. I'm sitting at my kid's soccer practice on Monday. I'm in a field pretty much all by myself, sitting in a chair. There's no flowers or anything by. It's just basically dead grass because it is Southern California. So I'm sitting there and I hear this buzzing going around my head. And I'm like, oh, okay, it's a fly or whatever. I'm just smacking it away, whatever. And it comes back and it comes back over and over. I'm like, what the heck? This thing's getting intense. And all of a sudden I feel something like attack my neck. Right. Right. And then and then it's like all over me. Then I feel a sting on my face like <laughs> right here, I got, right here. A little sting, okay? And I'm like, what? And I stood up and I realized it's a wasp. And so I, I smack at it and I'm trying to get it away and I'm like walking away and this thing is still coming at me like ferociously, dude, like a, like a wild animal. I walk 200 feet back to my truck, okay? I finally get to the truck. It's still hitting me in the back of the head. I get inside the cab, like all the doors are shut, windows are all rolled up. That thing is circling like jaws, around the cab of the truck with me inside of it dude it's the weirdest thing ever i called my wife i'm like i'm being i'm being stalked by a by a wasp it was crazy anyways i've never had that happen to me i'm always telling my kids oh don't worry they're more afraid of you than you are of them yeah that's a story for you yeah yeah that's really funny um i had a i remember i once had like a little like chickmunk or some kind of like small rodent that walked up to me when i was walking uh to work when i was mm -hmm. younger that was like pissed off at me. I did nothing. <laughs> I, I, I remember seeing it in the, in the, in like the sidewalk and I'm like, Oh, look at that little cute thing. And then it just kind of comes at me and it's like, and I'm not, I'm running, I'm trying to kick in this thing. I kick it like four feet away and it just comes right back at me. I kick it like mm. six feet. I keep kicking this thing away from me. And it's just like, it has like a death wish, dude. Dude, wild animals. I'm telling you, there's a thing. They're not always cute and cuddly. Somebody has a question here. It says, can you guys pin a comment with the Streamlabs?" Yes, yes, we can. Um, okay. <clears throat> so, yes, we can. We can. We can. If you do a Streamlabs donation, it should show up uh, bottom left of the screen. It should. We have it no did, idea. It did in testing. But it did it in did. testing. It did in testing. We do and have if super not, chats. 
we'll be monitoring it though, right? So if somebody does, yes, sir. Okay. Well, we do have a super chat in the uh, in the member section on the Prime channel from John Burns. Mm. What chance of dark matter? No crud. I don't think they're gonna. I, I think I don't. Even if they do a Stargate, I think that dark that doesn't affect dark matter's chances because Joe Malazzi mm. is a. Uh, not attached to Stargate. But yeah, I, and I will say as an update, we are trying to get uh, Joe to come on when when we can do this again. When we're all rant comes back, uh, we're going to get Joe on to talk dark matter and just kind of like what happened, you know, go through the whole history with him and like what the future could be. So if you guys are interested in that, we are definitely pushing him to come on the show since he's one of our friends. So yeah, thank you. Also mm. from John Burns, Brittany reacts. Barbie was very positive. Watch it. Oh, okay. Mm. That makes me good. Gets me all right. I'll check it out. It's tough, you know, when Grace comes out for something, it's hard not to immediately want to hate it. But we do watch everything before we judge it. So interesting. And from Chappie, member for three months. Thank you, Chappie. I got a free member chat. What should I do with this? What should I say? Ah, <laughs> <laughs> nice, nice chat. That's good. That's good. One. That's good. I like that. Good. Oh, <clears throat> okay. <clears throat> So the Stargate thing, um, we don't want to <laughs> blow our video. It's like Stargate thing. Yeah. Shane, so. Shane, I don't think Shane wanted me to put this on the thumb, but I really wanted to talk about yeah. it. So I did anyways. <laughs> <laughs> well, here's the thing is it's, it's actually a video that's coming out this weekend, I believe. Right. Mr. Brian, if you have enough time. Yeah. Um, well, so yeah, hopefully yeah. I, I barely started on it, but yes. <laughs> yeah. I mean, hopefully there's, it'll come out maybe Sunday. Um, here's the thing is it's, it's the biggest Stargate video probably that's come out anywhere since maybe our last one came out in December and it's even bigger than that. <clears throat> we actually got, um, really good. We, we had an insider reach out to us, um, that that's very, very close to the project and everything going on. And they were able to really open up and just tell us everything going on and, so this video coming out this weekend is not rumors. It's not, you know, take it with a grain of salt. It is, it is exactly what's happening and what recently did happen. So, and what happened going forward. So you're, I don't think you're really going to want to miss that. Uh, there is good news and bad news regarding bigger Stargate. than that that's coming out. And, um, and I just think any Stargate fan who is curious about the future of, uh, of Stargate on Amazon is going to want to see that video. So. Yeah, um, we we finally got the we got the information we needed. We verified that we can share it. Let me put this in the chat for you guys. If you're looking for the if the members section, you can the link is in the chat and there's a link in the description, and that is the other uh, channel. The reason we have two channels for people that ask why is because one channel is not a live channel, but it's where our members section is right now, and this is the live channel. Oh, and for all those of you who are members of Unleashed, and now, of course, because we're demonetized, we can't have members, you can still be a member over on the Prime channel. And uh, that's the way it was for a long time going forward. We actually just did memberships on Unleashed a few months ago. So that is actually where most of our members are, and that's where we do that. So if you want to continue being a member, you can do it over there, and, and I'm sure we'll show them how to do that later. Yeah. Um, okay, so the thing about Stargate, there was things that we knew, but we couldn't talk about. There was rumors that mm. we couldn't substantiate. Um, for a long time, we didn't say anything about it. Other people kept coming out with things. You kept seeing things pop up on Deadline and Variety and whatever. And we 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 weren't going to talk about it because we couldn't confirm anything. 
physically. Well, no, that's not fair because the de- well, the problem was is the deadline article was not not new news. So the frustrating thing about uh, what came out in April with deadline was they they basically repeated what we reported in December, and it was like seriously they put Stargate in the headline and then they have one sentence about it. It was more about RoboCop and the other stuff happening with with Amazon than it was about Stargate. And uh, and I, I have it on good um, I have it on good authority that they basically just took the information that we put out and added it to their to their thing because there's been a lot of whisperings about you know what was going on with the Expanse creators and uh, yeah that was a no but but what happened was is when they put that article out in April everybody went oh my God we're getting Stargate right because Deadline right. repeated something that that we had in a video I mean it's just kind of weird so we didn't do a video on it. Because there was no new news, and right. we have we have not done a video on Stargate since December because there's been no new news. So no new news that we can substantiate. Right. That was the important part: is that we can confirm it. We can at least get a lay of the land. It was funny because I didn't even know RoboCop was happening until like this week. <laughs> I guess I didn't read Ooh. that whole article. Yeah, yeah. Well, they're they're trying, and RoboCop is in the same situation that Stargate is in now. And we do mention RoboCop slightly in the video. So if you're interested in that, you, you can basically take whatever is happening with Stargate and and apply that to the RoboCop, um, new Ro- RoboCop as well. Yeah. So bottom line is we, mm. we, we finally got the information we need. And um, we got solid information from, <clears throat> you know, people close to Stargate. <clears throat> and we confirmed that, that we confirmed the people are, that we were talking to are, are legit. And yeah, not not adjacent, like not like adjacent. people close to the project, not adjacent, not other third party companies, people, people actually associated with with the show <clears throat> in different ways um, and that actually, you know, are there for a lot of the information. So we we really trust what's been told. And um, and I got to tell you, shout out to the insiders who have come to us for a variety of things. They know that we treat them, you know, with the utmost respect. And these are people who want to see positive changes in the franchises that they're working on. And that's why they share information with us, not to get clout, not to get anything. They're doing it because they want to make sure that you guys hear what's going on so that we can be, you know, um, we can create change and get more information and hype for different things. So it's, it's actually a really great thing that this is going on. And if you have information that you want to share with us about any of your projects that's going on, of course, you know, we treat it with complete anonymity and, <clears throat> and we'll definitely give you your due. Yeah, yeah, we always uh, protect our sources. Yeah, we'd rather lose our channel than than give up right. our sources. And um, you know, over over the years, we've had some crazy people that weren't uh, actual sources. Um, but but we have recently, over the last year, we've gotten more and more really solid sources, and we appreciate them, and we appreciate you. Um, it's great, and we'll ne- and if you ever if you ever tell us something you don't want us to say, we'll never say it. We, we'll we'll always only report on what on what makes you comfortable. I thought that, that's, that's right. Said that. We're talking to you, Orville Insiders. We held a lot of secrets for you guys. Yeah, we held a, a lot. lot. There was so much we wanted to share about that that, that other people shared. shared, and we didn't though. We didn't, we didn't yeah. say a word. Mm, quite we to our <laughs> <laughs> we're like okay i guess they can say it but we can all right yeah. um yeah so that star video is gonna be great it's gonna it's gonna tell you exactly where from what we're what we were told and what we were what we found 
exactly where the Stargate project is right now and and what's affecting it and and what their general game plan was. And I think it's really fascinating. And I, I just barely listened to the audio last night and I was like, this is a good, this is going to be a good video. I haven't yeah. had a chance to work on it yet. So there's that. Hopefully, <laughs> hopefully I can get this out on Sunday. It took me several days. I really care. I was very careful with it. I wanted to make sure that the information being provided was exactly in the intent that it was given to us. And, um, <clears throat> and I think you guys are going to, you guys are going to enjoy it. Yeah, I think so too. I think you're going to like it a lot. Um, okay. So, uh, that said, that's pretty much the stuff that we want to share for Stargate because we don't want to blow the video. The video, um, uh, took, you know, weeks to get information and it's going to take, uh, a couple days worth of time hour wise just to get the video made. So we want to, we don't want to blow that video. We don't want to, we don't want to, you know, what we can do, we can do, we can give some, uh, we'll give you some keywords. Okay. Yeah. So we're not going to blow the video, but what you give, we'll, I'll give you some keywords. Okay. Here's some keywords for you. Okay. The expanse, Brad, Wright, Amanda tapping Stargate Atlantis. Jason Momoa. Okay, that's all. Comic Con. Well, yeah. That's that's my, my that okay. is my uh, offering. That's a good one. That's a good offering. Yeah. Comic Con. Okay. All right. <clears throat> that's it. That's it for Stargate. Uh, hopefully, you guys come back on on Sunday to watch that video. If on our main channel. On the main channel. Mm-hmm. Hopefully, it comes out on Sunday. We'll see what happens. Um. I'm going to be working really hard after the show today to make that happen. So, okay, man. Awesome. Uh, is there anything you want, uh, else you want to cover on that? Or you want to go to that? Uh, no. Okay. I think Stargate's Stargate. I, there are some really great, uh, if you guys haven't had a chance to watch, if you're definitely into Stargate, go over and check out the shuttle pod show. They got a couple interviews uh, with uh, <clears throat> Joe Flanagan and David blue from Atlantis and Stargate universe. Really great interviews. Uh, I really love shuttle pod show and the stuff they're doing with, with the old actors. Um, and, uh, I, and actually I wanted to lead into this David blue thing. If we're going to talk, are we going to strange new worlds next? I was going to go to the strike and Sean gun and all that, but we can go. Strange okay. New worlds. Well, that's okay. Let's, let's do the strike and Sean and Sean gun. And, uh, and then I'll save the David blue. Cause I really love I love David blue. Of course, if you know, he was, uh, he was Eli from Stargate Universe. He is one of us. He's definitely a, uh, a a science fiction fan. But he said some stuff on on the Shuttlepod show that that I want to talk about in regards to Star Trek and things like that. And so when we get to Strange New Worlds, I want to definitely address uh, some of the things he said. Okay, cool. So let's talk about this strike because mm-hmm. um, you know the strike is going to affect all entertainment, all all TV and movies, and you know right now. <clears throat> regular viewers like us um we're not really affected by it because remember tv shows and movies take sometimes years to create which means they sometimes take months and years to come out um we've been on the writer's strike since what what month now Uh, i feel like it's been about a month about a month right Mm -hmm. and we're gonna be in uh either Someone said the other day that either the actor's strike is going to last 10 days or 10 months. It's going to be over quickly or it's going to drag out. And here's the thing. The studios 
<clears throat> people think the studios can't afford to go without writers and actors. They said, "Oh, well, maybe we can't go without writers, uh, but we but we certainly can't go without actors." And which is why the actors joined in the SAG, SAG joined into the strike. The thing is, though, I disagree. I believe they can go. Uh, the studios can go a very long time. Mm. Um, now they're probably planning their next slate, right? Their next uh, quarter or the, you know the following years of information. They're probably ske- trying to plan their schedule mm. and all that, which is this is going to definitely mess up. Um, but remember. Streaming services took the power away from unions and from viewers. Because as long as we're supporting the streaming services for the old content that we love, then they don't have the same, they don't really have the same pressure anymore to create new content. On network television, you had to create new content in order to get advertisers to keep making money. On streaming networks, it's it's really not about that. It's about maintaining and growing your subscriber base. And some of these studios have already gotten so big, where they're not they're barely going to feel this whatsoever. In fact, they'll probably make money, assuming not too many people leave their their individual streaming services. So they're going to continue this going for a long time, and I don't think it's going to end the way the writers and the actors want it to end. That said. I do believe these these corporations are greedy and 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 horrible and just generally um, just amoral. But I I said it before. I think that the writers and the actors might be asking for more than the studio is willing to give, mm-hmm. especially in regards to um, sharing the numbers. They're asking for things that are gonna that are that will require these streaming services and these studios to to share their their numbers publicly. How well a show does, what their subscribers are, all that information. And when you ask for all these specific things that will require this ultimate thing that this that none of the studios want to have to be obliged to give. They don't want to give the numbers. It's way more power for them to be able to control what the perception is of their streaming service than to give it up. So you're these the things that they're asking for, I don't think are going to happen. Um, and so I, so I don't think that's going to be a win-win situation. I believe that at some point um, one party or the other is going to capitulate. And I think it will be the writers first and the mm. actors will fall shortly after that. I don't I think the studios are going to win this fight, unfortunately. Well, you know, here's the interesting thing about it is um, there is something happening that I don't know if the actors and the, and the writers are, are quite certain of yet. And, it's something that Jenny Stiven talked about on the Dial the Gate um, show last week. And, she, you know, she has a really good take on kind of the inner workings of how this stuff is. And she's really close to the strike stuff. And she talked about <clears throat> something that I really hadn't considered before. And that is that that the global international audience important uh, and to these streaming services and to these studios has really grown after uh, of the last few years. If you've noticed, you know, when we're looking at movies, it used to be we looked at the domestic, right? That a movie would be brought in here in the United States. And it was kind of judged based on how much a movie made, looking at the domestic. And then, oh, yeah, yeah, we'll look at the international. But in the last several years, it's flipped over now. Now people don't even look at the domestic box office. They're looking at the global box office, right? 
So what's happening is a lot of these streaming services are realizing, look, we've gotten all the subscribers from the United States that we're going to get. Now we need to go out and get subscribers in other countries. So Amazon, Netflix, and a lot of these, these streaming services, they're really putting their focus internationally. What did we hear from, from Jennifer Salke and that their focus is on international. Right. They don't care that rings of power failed in the United States because when you think about it, there's what, 360 million people in the United States and there's what, 8 billion people around the globe. Right. When you start to think about it like that and you realize all the content that India is putting out and now Africa is putting out and all of these different Spain, all these different places are trying to get into the, 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 the movie and TV making business that these large conglomerate uh, corporations like Amazon, like Netflix, like Disney, they can start doing things in other places and they don't have to worry about losing money from writers and actors here in America because they can focus on their global money, which right now is making them more money. So the strike, right. the writers and the actors are actually in a really tough spot because, you know, <clears throat> Uh, there was a comment even made that's like, wait, well, we'll just wait until October until the writers are starving uh, and then they'll have to come back. So th they're the studios are well, not all the studios, about half of the studios are really showing that they don't really care about what happens here domestically. And then they can survive the strike as long as it takes uh, non-scripted content. People watch it. Most of Netflix's shows are non-scripted content, you know, yeah, so, so on top of non-scripted content, which is re like a reality show. They don't require writers. They don't re uh, require actors. And you can produce the, uh, this much cheaper than other content. Right. Additionally, guess who's not striking? Europe. South Korea. Right, yeah. South America. Mm -hmm, Canada. Mm -hmm. Other countries are not striking. This is specific to the United States. Right. Which means you can get writers and actors from other countries. We are so tied together now as a world... The power that the writers and act that 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 SAG and the WGA at once thought they have, they just don't have anymore. Yeah, this is going to be remembered as like the moment where we realize that globalization is real. Like, I think this is going to be the factor. Where it's like when this strike ends up going into 2024, and you know, because if you look at the at the at the folks at the bargaining table for these streaming services, they aren't willing to budge at all. You know, they're claiming themselves as being the victims. It's really, really sad. And the, the reality is, is that most of these writers don't have a, a good living wage. And the things that they did back in 2007, 2008. So there, there's a really wonderful, if you go, you can look at it up online, but uh, there's been moments in time where they always have to do these renegotiations of deals to make sure that, you know, writers and actors are getting the residuals that they deserve. When the internet became, started becoming big and streaming started to become something, there were these rules set down uh, that kind of said, look, you know, we're not going to pay you guys for what's on streaming. And so that's continued through today. So the reason we're striking is because they've never kind of dealt with everything happening on the streamers. And because they don't know how much, like Brian said before, they don't know how much people are watching, how much they're earning. It's hard to know what they should be making as residuals uh, as part of that. So they do need to come to some sort of deal with that. But I don't see any incentive for them to do so. And honestly, you know, uh, I'm hearing that this strike can impact from six months to two years as far as, as content going forward in the future. We may not get scripted content for two years as a result of this. Well, so on, uh, on top of it, though, like 
yeah, what what you said was is is pretty pretty lockstep. When it comes to the outside world, um, they like there's already shows that we we basically copy here in the states, uh, mm-hmm. The Office, Ghosts, among among others. So there's already shows out there that most people in the United States haven't probably haven't seen, but they recognize the the t- you know the uh, the title. Which means that they can go get that content, get license, and just continue like nothing happened. And right. SAG is going to tell the writers uh, they're gonna, you know, they're they're fresh into the, into the strike, and their actors they have more money, uh, generally speaking, than W than writers. Which means that they don't, you know, they can go for a while, but the WGA can't. There's gonna be a moment where we already know people that. Are like, hey, man, I got rent to pay. At what point yeah. are they going to start scabbing over? Um, there was an interesting comment uh, here from No Money G. Thank you, No Money G, for ten dollars. Do the writer do the writers even have a plan in place to what they're asking for? It seems unorganized. I don't know. Shit, streaming effed up everything. Yeah, that's a good point. They do. They seem unorganized. They seem passionate, but also. Do they know what they're asking for? So they'll ask for like five or six things that all really involve the studios having to give their numbers up. But someone over there has to know that the studios don't want to give their numbers up. They need to Hmm. find a way to get what they want without forcing the studios to have to publicly share their stats. That's the only way I think that this is going to work. Because the studios will, they do not want to share their stats. Well, they want, okay, so, so here's some of the things they want. They want increased pay. Uh, so looking, the guild is looking to for higher compensation for writers across the board. Um, 10 years ago, 33% of TV writers were paid the minimum rate. Now, according to the WGA, 49% are paid only the minimum rate. Uh, despite the fact that uh, yeah, pay is down 23% over the last decade. And if you look at what inflation is doing, I mean, I've... I cannot believe what it costs to go get fast food. I, I'm completely blown away oh by how much I think, I think 33% price has gone up 33% on fast food. Uh, and the reason why is because people keep paying for it. And, uh, and the same things happen. These people have, you know, have bills to pay. Uh, they want better residuals. Uh, for more than half a century, residuals have been a foundation for the way writers make money. But Streaming, of course, has upended those payouts, and now we're seeing the, the streamers had to see this coming. How long did they think they could go without paying uh, proper residuals? They knew that this was going to be a thing. Uh, staffing requirements: the union wants TV shows to staff a certain number of writers for a period of time. Uh, so this is something that's come up recently. At issue, the rising pra- practice of mini rooms. Uh, where only a handful of writers are working on a series. So basically you have uh, very few writers working on big projects um, and it, and they don't get picked up to do as much work because they're kind of being moved around to a bunch of shows as opposed to being on. And this happened, this, this really accelerated during the pandemic. Um, so they want that to stop. Yeah, you they know want- what's interesting too, before you, <clears throat> before you continue on that, um, the, the residuals, you know, Someone said in the chat that the most writers don't deserve the residuals they're getting. And to be fair, it's hard to get public um, 
outcry for something when you have like some blue-haired writer complaining about his $400 She-Hulk check. And we all watch She-Hulk and we're like, well, I don't think you got I, don't, I think you got more than you deserve there. So like yeah right. there's residuals but like he doesn't know how much She-Hulk actually did. So he can't confirm if that's right. a, a correct number. I almost want them to share. I almost would like the I want to, I want the writers to win this and the studios be forced to share their numbers so that then we can see how poorly Rings of Power and She-Hulk and Willow and these other shows do. Right. And I think the reason why they don't want to share the numbers is because it's no longer about how successful a show is. They want to be able to make decisions without being criticized. So in the past, it used to be if a TV show did really good and lots of people were watching, you could sell advertising on those shows saying, look, we got 10 million people watching this show. You know, you want to buy advertising here. But now that's no longer an incentive. So even though you may have a show where a lot of people are watching on your streaming service, you might be like, well, this show is costing us a bunch of money. We want to cancel it because it's not making us any more money. We can't just because it's getting more views. We've already got the max number of subscribers. We can't justify spending this money. So we want to cancel the show, but we don't want to tell anybody we're canceling because then they'll be pissed because it was actually a show that was getting a lot of views. Right. So it becomes this 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 way of like laundering their own money within the business. So it's really important to understand that it is about control, but they've got to figure out some way because, for example, the She-Hulk, the She-Hulk writer that came out and was like, they got a check for $386. And a lot of us joked and said, well, that's probably what it was worth. Mm -hmm. The reality is, is we don't know how many people watched uh, She-Hulk after it premiered and what those, you know, and how much they could have, they should have earned. Perhaps they should have earned thousands of dollars. Maybe a ton of kids watched She-Hulk. I don't know. Um, but you know, residuals were also based off of this. Is the other thing residuals are also based off of studios and, and networks selling a TV show to other networks and other platforms. And they would use the money that they earned on those views to pay people for residuals. Now they're paying residuals to play as reruns on their own program, which is something that they have to figure out how to do. Right. Yeah. How, how do you even, how do you, how do you even quantify that as like, Monetary, monetary, right? I guess you have to base it on a percentage. So if you say, okay, well, you made you're making X number of money off of subscribers, uh, and the subscribers are watching these shows, then you should get this percentage of that monetary base. You know, they should get you know whatever the residual is, and then it, all the money. It's in, residuals are interesting. The money goes to the Writers Guild, and then the Writers Guild pays each of the of the people who are writers and the residuals. So it's a very complicated process. I actually. have a solution to this problem, right? <clears throat> residuals based on how well your show does and the studio has to share those numbers. But guess what? I don't, I don't think the writers or the studio want that. Well, I mean, some writers do like I mean, imagine. Yeah. Some you know. I'm sure, but I'm, I'm sure a lot mm. want to just, participate and get the free residuals well that's why they want a minimum they uh, yeah right. so there's i mean there are yeah i mean if you're if you're obviously working on a show like uh what's the popular one that just came out everybody succession right if you're a writer on succession you're like yeah show me the numbers right if you're if you're writing for uh um she hulk <laughs> she hulk or with the disney plus uh return of uh willow willow you know you, you may not want uh, to see those numbers someone asked uh, so, why are the numbers so mysterious yeah. it's it's simple so i think i just explained it 
Yeah, I mean, I'll I'll probably be super super brief. They don't want to give the writers power or the actors power or anyone power that power in negotiations. They want to be able to control how much they're you know the negotiating table. Well, Additionally, yeah, yeah, when yeah. they when when they want to write something off on their taxes, they can. We've seen it before. They delete Willow. They delete Batgirl. Whatever they delete it, and they they write it down, and they get a, a healthy portion of that money back. And no one really knows if they got subscribers because of that show. You can't really. Uh, no, no one can. No one can. They, they, there's no way to tell why someone signed up. Which means that there's some extra income sort of off the books here that even the IRS can't really quantify. Well, how did you, what percentage of your 7,000 subscribers that week signed up because of Willow? Right? They don't know. So now you get this healthy write down. Well, they know who watched it, though. I mean, they know. I think, I still think the reasoning that isn't, I don't even think that's the reason. I do believe the reason is they don't want to be pressured to make decisions on what shows they create. They want to be able to cancel shows, even if they're doing well. They don't want the pressure. They don't want. They want to. They want to play in the dark. They want to That's hold the power in the negotiations. Yeah. Well, no, not even negotiation. You're saying negotiations. I'm just saying, like, look, this show. We don't. We feel like we got all the subscribers we're going to get for this show. We've run for three seasons. Yeah, you probably. We'll take the Orville for example. Orville's a great example. You know, so um, imagine <clears throat> the Orville had great numbers, right? Um, of viewers, but the Orville's an expensive show. So they're like, well, look, if we told them what the actual numbers were, they'd probably, we'd be pressured into trying to make the show run again, but we want to cancel it. So we're not, we don't have these incredible costs and then we're just going to get some non-scripted content. But if they do that, they're going to be criticized. So they have to hide it. Mm. I really believe that's what's going on. I think it's about hiding uh, their decisions so that they don't have to justify. I mean, think about it. If you have a hit show that's getting incredible views, and then you want to cancel that show, you're going to get so much uprising against you for trying to cancel a show that's popular that people are watching uh, that you're going to have to find a justification. And if your justification is, well, it's just going to make us more money to cancel it. Nobody's going to accept that. That's like the center of greed. Right. And, and there's going to be this. It's just you're opening up a huge can of worms and they don't want people to see their backroom deals. I, I really believe that's what it is. Right. Uh, some of the things that they want really quick before we move on, um, they want assurance on AI. Uh, writers are increasingly concerned with the chat GPT and the Shane three. Uh, no, they didn't say Shane three, but that's ours. Um, <laughs> they are increasingly concerned that um, that what they're going to do, what the studios are going to start doing is having uh, AI write scripts and then just hire these people to come in and like clean them up. And then all the writers don't have jobs. That's something they're concerned about. So, so hey, guys, I, if I was a studio, I'd be like, okay, we won't use AI, but you can't either. <laughs> well, yeah, good point, right? Yeah, I mean, like, well, the writers can't use AI, obviously. Right. Well, I mean, and the question is, though, if you have a tool at your disposal that makes your job exponentially easier, how do you not utilize that tool, even if you said you wouldn't? That's a good point. But AI, you have to remember, is derivative in nature because AI is simply a conglomeration of everything that's already been put out there. It, the idea of using AI is a, is really a complete lack of creativity. So if you do use AI, it's just going to suck up stuff from all kinds of other things and create a new story for you. 
based on a bunch of other stories. And really, is that good storytelling? No. Oh, I mean, so, but, I mean, I'm sorry. You're, you're, are you saying that currently uh, Hollywood isn't massively derivative already? They are, but you're right. No, no, no. That's the problem is writers. And well, and you want to go back to the argument where writers no longer, new writers, young writers no longer read books. And so they don't get this, you know, creative penchant for knowledge and they end up just kind of repeating or regurgitating TV shows they've seen in the past or movies they've seen in the past. I mean, honestly, if you don't have a good well to draw from, then you're then you're just going to draw, draw from whatever you have available. And unfortunately, that's just kind of rehashing the same story tropes that we've had. So hopefully that changes. But OK, we got a super chat from um, John Burns. He goes, thank you, John Burns. Are you guys going to talk about Perlman's words? All right. He's talking about Ron Perlman. So <laughs> Ron Perlman. Uh, he's a, I love the new movie he's going to be in with uh, Nick Cage. Who? Ron Perlman, the new movie Nick Cage is coming out. Oh, yeah. I can't wait to see that one. Yeah. So listen, Ron Perlman, by the way, is not like a bastion of, um, uh, you know, insight. The guy, um, you can like him. That's fine. Uh, there's things I've liked that he's in. But if you better, I used to really like Ron Perlman until I followed him on Instagram and I realized as well, this guy's not very smart. <laughs> he's just crazy. Um, he's, he's sort of nuts. He thinks he's like this because he's large and he plays action heroes or bad guys. He thinks that he is a bad guy, you know, or he is. A oh, he thinks guy. he isn't a tough guy. Yes. Well, I mean, he was Hellboy, and you got to tell you, he looks like a monster yeah so here's yeah. here's ron perlman <laughs> <laughs> that's not ron perlman what's wrong with you this is a this is ron perlman and uh oh it's close, not it's not him it's close oh close. oh you know what i must have uh i must have gotten it wrong i'm sorry oh you got another one let's see what else what else uh, do you like listen right i don't care what anyone says ron perlman looks like an albino gorilla he does okay and I'm not being mean. Again, I like the guy, but follow him on social media for about five minutes and you'll realize that he's just not that bright. So he did say well, something. Wait, so you're saying his intelligence is attached to the way he looks? No, no, he I I not no, he just <laughs> did not say that. But he but he does look like the albino gorilla from the movie Congo. <laughs> okay. Um, no, but look, he came out during the strike and he got all weird and threatening. <laughs> yeah. And he was like you need to be careful. There's a lot of ways you can lose your house. <laughs> he, like, he suggested that this, he said this to executives. Bro, are you threatening to burn down people's house with them? That's kind of, of it? listen, it's not the first time he's done this. He's done this before. Like he's like hardcore anti right, right wing, I think. No, he's not like right wing. No, he's, no, he's, he's anti right wing. Yeah, he's, he's anti. I don't know what he is, but he's anti right wing. He's definitely, yeah, he's definitely anti, but he's got this. Do you see his apology? Are you going to show his apology video? Oh, I can show you the apology video. Yeah. This is so. Uh, here, <laughs> <laughs> okay, so here's Ron Perlman. Oh, my bad, my bad. <laughs> Just, but look, look, ready? Look at that image. Look at that image. It, it's yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay. You guys, you guys see the resemblance here, huh? Come on, it's not just picked, me. You, you could have picked a better gorilla pick. I, I did. I, I did it quickly. I'm sorry. I had That's to do right. it in right. the small brief amount of time you were talking. <laughs> All right. So he did come out, and I, I, more than likely, I think that his publicist was like, um, "Yo, you can't threaten to kill people. So, um, you gotta, you gotta fix yeah. this." 
So he went well, because like, if somebody's house gets burned down, it's gonna be his fault now. Right. So Whether he went he did from like not. this real like, hey, you better watch out, punk. There's a lot of ways for you to lose your house. And then he went from that to this. Hey everybody, it's Ron again. Um, <laughs> um I might have misspoke. He's like, uh, hey guys. <laughs> yeah, you ready? Here we go. With the uh, announcement of the actors going out on strike uh, this morning, I took to Instagram Live to give a background of my experience as a Guild member and um, to give some of my reactions to... And I'll shorten it. He said, I didn't mean harm on anyone. I didn't, wasn't referring to physical violence. And funny, because that's the way it sounded. <laughs> But that's cool. I, I look. Ron's a passionate guy, and that's okay. I he has yeah. entertained me since I was a young child, so I will give that to him. Sometimes your passion gets away from you. Right, I've had it happen. I've had it happen. But I'm gonna say it again. If mm. you like an actor or a character they play, I'm gonna give you one piece of advice that I w- really wish <laughs> that I had followed. Right. Do not follow them on social media. <clears throat> Don't follow them on Twitter. Don't read what they what they say or they write. They're just, mm. they're people. Yeah, they're people, and they and yeah. they have whether good ideas or bad ideas. I don't know, but they have ideas, and they're <laughs> just because they play. Let's say they play Sherlock Holmes. Mm. That doesn't mean they're a genius. Mm. Just like Ron Perlman isn't an actual gorilla or Hellboy. Right. Um, so they play smart people. They're not smart. They play lawyers. They're not lawyers. They play yes. doctors. They're not doctors. They're really just sort of, I mean, in a, in a way, they're uneducated for the most part. Um, and the, their entire life, especially the good ones, have revolved around playing a character, which means that their ideas usually aren't that thought out. They're usually repeating <clears throat> what the general narrative is in their circle of friends or on media, whatever. Um, and so just don't follow if you like them yeah. if you really like them don't follow yeah yeah I, I made that mistake with tim russ i Man, you know, tim russ <clears throat> love tim russ i love tuvok from voyager and absolutely love that character and uh when i started following him on twitter i was like whoa what it okay oh t- turn it off oh, okay yeah so yeah it's it's rough yeah he's uh <clears throat> he's there's some there's some racial issues going on there for sure yeah he's just uh he maybe maybe had a hard life growing up or something maybe but you see when when you when you exist in this um like this this large echo chamber of angry uneducated you know uh dummies sort of repeating uh bad ideas but then also propping themselves up as these like self-righteous saviors it may it, the second you paint yourself as like this self-righteous savior, the dichotomy of that is that the per- person you're criticizing is the villain, mm. and that message get an, gets amplified and repeated, and it reverberates. It has this feedback effect where the louder it gets, the more extreme it gets to the point where you were the hero and that was the villain, and now. You're the hero, and that guy is an evil, demonic Nazi. Mm. And so anything you say feels, just like with Ron Perlman, it feels like 
you are righteous in your threats of actual violence on people. Right. Well, and the, the problem is they live in a, they live in a, um, you know, they live in a closed circle where people are constantly telling them how great they are and they live in their own, you know, they're sniffing their own farts. In most cases in Hollywood, people don't realize that what's happening outside of their sphere of influence is generally a lot different than, than their actual experiences in life. And I think we get a little bit of that with this Sean Gunn <clears throat> thing here. <laughs> and I understand that people are passionate and people are, you know, losing their jobs and, and things are going on, but Sean Gunn um, put out some interesting information and, and there's a lot of Bob Iger shaming going on around here with Disney plus because he made some comments about that. He thinks that the, uh, that the writer's guild is, is asking for um, unreasonable requests. It was right. one of the things he put out. And so Sean Gunn came out with a thing, basically, you know, calling out Bob on the fact that he makes 400 times what his lowest worker is making. And of course, if you know Sean Gunn, he's the brother of James Gunn. And it's a actually interesting situation because James Gunn is now part of the uh, part of the establishment. You know, he's uh, yeah, he's not he doesn't he's not following the strike. That guy's over there writing <laughs> Superman Legacy and sipping tea. You know, he's he's uh, you know, it's well, and and what's you know, of course, James Gunn. He's always been part of the you know the different guilds, and of course, it's complicated when you start becoming like a studio head. And all of a sudden you're in bed. You got one foot in bed one way and the other way. But so Sean coming out with this information is interesting. But the only problem with Sean Gunn basically blaming Bob Iger for how much um, he gets paid is that Bob Iger doesn't determine his own salary necessarily. There's a board of directors who hires their CEO. Now, sometimes that's a little bit of bastardized. So the CEO of certain companies who also own their companies probably sets their own board so they can kind of make their own decisions. But in the case of Disney, that's not really the way it works. Um, and uh, so Bob Iger making as much money he does is a result of how much money he brings in stockholders, which he's not done in quite some years, but he did during his first run as uh, the CEO of Disney did it, did make them a lot of money. So I, mean, I get, you know, you have to, you know, complain about how much people make, but we have to remember that, the corporations are the are the bigger problem. It's not necessarily the CEOs that are the problem. It's the CEO, the board of directors. It's the shareholders who vote for the boards of directors. You know, it's uh, you know these these are public companies, and we can you know make noise and and try to bring attention to what's going on. But I thought it was funny that uh, Sean's out here doing this while his brother's like, "Hey, uh, I'm a studio guy now. So uh, what's up, brother?" Well, his brother's announcing, uh, you know, the casting for the next five years at DC. <laughs> um, here's what Sean Gunn said. And I like Sean Gunn. I, I you know, I, I don't think he's an idiot. Um, I think he's certainly uh, better spoken than uh, Ron Perlman. Um, and I don't think he's a bad guy. I think that what he's saying is generally pretty correct. So let me show it to you. Oh, yeah, I think it's correct. Yeah. It is. He needs to uh, remember that in 1980, um, CEOs like him made 30 times what the worker, what their lowest worker was making. Now Bob Iger makes 400 times what his low, lowest worker is. And I think that's a shame, Bob. And maybe you should take a look in the mirror and, and what, ask yourself, why is that? And not only why is that, is it okay? Is it morally okay? Is it ethically okay that you make that much more than your lowest worker? And if so, why? Why is that okay? 
And if your response is that that's just the way business is done now, that's just the way corporations work now, well, that sucks, and that makes you a person if that's your answer. So you should come up with a better answer than that. Talks about. So um, the reason I say he's generally correct is because while we, what he's saying is correct, I think there's some context that actually is required here. Because you're right, and I, in no way am I defending Disney or Bob Iger. I'm not. <laughs> I just want to no. add clarity to this. Ready? He is not talking that, he's not saying that Bob Iger makes 400 times more than him. He's right. saying Bob Iger makes 400 times more than its lowest worker, which could be the part-time craft services guy. Right? right? It could be the janitor of one of the buildings. It can be, um, it can, it can be one of the cast members at Disney. There, he's look, he's he's right, but there's context required. And while I believe, I don't believe a CEO should ever make 400 times more than anyone. Um, I also know that <clears throat> it's nice to live in a world that we can say, "How is that right? How is that morally okay?" Morally okay. Right. But then, let's say it's not. Let's say. Instead, we want someone to mandate and sort of manage these businesses so that they, the, the CEOs, don't make as you know that much, and these executives don't make as much. Well, we're getting dangerously close to losing freedoms, and I'm not saying that it's right that a CEO makes that much, but no one should be in charge of forcing the CEO not to make that much. There, there needs to be checks and balances. Um, but what he's saying is like really dangerously close uh, to the opposite of capitalism. And I'm not saying capitalism is perfect, but capitalism and the free market is a, is a, very, is a pretty nice sort of hybrid um, uh, way of, of operating business-wise. And we don't want to start putting restrictions and and uh, mandates on businesses that would allow them to not operate in that system. I don't think that the writer of She-Hulk should have made a specific amount of money. I think that his work, his, his, the amount of money he makes should be merit-based. How well he's doing, how well, how much money they make the business. There should be merit-based. No one should get paid just for showing well, up. It's not there's well, no participation checks here, man. Well, let's let's talk about merit based. So, okay, so Bob Iger is uh, is going to make about twenty seven million dollars a year uh, over the next two years. Um, Robert Downey Jr. made four hundred and thirty five million dollars as Iron Man. <laughs> Wait, wait. You see, now I like Sean Gunn. Context <laughs> is king, baby. I, right? I'm not. I, yeah, I'm. I'm with you. Like, I agree. Twenty three million dollars is crazy. I'm for the person running Disney and like all the parks and all the movies. But the guy who works for Bob Iger made four hundred and thirty four million dollars. Context is king. Yes, Bob Iger made four hundred times more than the part time guy who works at the craft service table. Yes. How much did James Gunn work? Under Disney. how much money did he make working for Disney? How much money is Sean Gunn? Is Sean Gunn? You think Sean Gunn made less than twenty five million dollars? I don't know how much. Did we don't Sean know. I mean, but he was in three Guardians movies. He had to have, he had to come up with some serious scratch there. I know for a fact that James Gunn made more than what Bob Iger made. 
So I like Sean Sean Gunn, but context is king. Mm. Yeah, that's a good point. And we live um, in this world now where it's like TikToks and Instagram videos where there isn't enough time to actually give proper context. So you can come out and say the most wildest crap that is technically correct, but without context, it's it's misleading. That's the best way I could put that. And I'm not saying that we should have websites that are fact-checking every single word. I'm not saying that either. I'm saying that when you look at something before you react, you should probably get context. Yeah, Sean Gunn, he's only got a net worth of $7 million. So he's still, you know, and of course he's not, you know, the, the Robert Downey Juniors and the Tom Cruises. And, and and of course those are those are very rare cases. But the whole point is that, you know, well, I got it's a net hard worth of about say. 70 bucks. So listen. <laughs> it's hard to say. And I, I, I trust me, I am no Bob Iger fan. It, it pains me to say it, but like, you know, if those guys and they, they should be merit based as well, you should pay Bob Iger should make, you know, whatever amount of money per year. And then if he makes the company a bunch of money, then he should get a huge bonus. And they do do that sometimes. Uh, but it also depends on how much a CEO is worth. Like, let's say a CEO did a good job somewhere. The next company is going to bring that CEO over is going to say, well, we're going to pay you this much more to come fix our company. So that's how they end up making so much money. What they need to do is be honest about how much they're um, they're paying everybody. So people need to make a living wage, right? And they need to stop taking advantage of their of their guild members. So that's bottom line. If you're yeah. gonna, you know, that's that. If someone was like, well, you know, why do we even have unions? I'm like, I'm not even like a big giant supporter of unions, but like this is why the unions unions exist because the corporation um, is going. You know the the Disney is going to attempt to get over on its employees every chance they have. But then on the flip side of that, a union that that supports participation rights and not a merit-based system and not a results-based system is is just hurting the is is just, is just hurts pop culture and the studio in general. So no union. Be, no u- unions pander to their lowest common denominator. Right. So unions are never merit based. The whole idea, I mean, take a look at the teachers union, prime example. Oh God, don't even get me started. No, seriously. So if you look at the teachers union, you have teachers who end up getting uh, when they've been there long enough, they get to the status of I can't remember what it was called, but it's like uh they're tenured, right? A teacher yeah, that's tenured, been there long yeah, enough. Yeah. So tenured teachers get certain things, but in order for them to make sure that all teachers get all things, even the worst of teachers who don't really teach your kids well or have no skin in the game or give a shit, they have to get a certain amount of money as well. And they can never be fired. They can never be fired. There are teachers right now in the state of California, at least I'm not sure about other States in the state of California where we live, there is something called teacher farms. You know about this Shane? Nope. I haven't heard that one. They're called farms because you can't fire a teacher. So when a teacher is really bad and you can't have them in the classroom anymore and you can't have them in the school anymore, but you also can't fire them, they go to a teacher farm where they go to like a building where other really bad teachers go and they have to go and they sit there and they, this sounds like a movie. No, this is a real thing. And they, they, they sit there and they just read, you know, read books and just sort of chill for eight hours a day because they can't work in the school 
and the and the system can't fire them. So they go somewhere, and for eight hours a day, they do nothing. They play on their phones, and they read the latest John Grisham novel, whatever, and they wait until the end of the day, and then they clock out. Oh, that's so, a, so he, that's a yeah. real thing that actual taxpayers are paying for. Okay, wait a sec. So what would be cool is they that see here's a unique movie idea. That's a perfect script, right? So Hollywood take advantage of this. You've got these teachers who work out on this farm, and they've been like put out there because they're bad teachers. And the real punishment is that they have to have hunger games. They have to fight each other to the death, and the last one to survive doesn't get fired. You see, this is what I said when I heard when I learned about this. I was like, "There's no effing way that that that's actually happening." I thought this has to be some because I think I saw it. I think I think I saw the initial idea of it on some like a right wing thing. I'm like, "This is some crazy right wing nonsense." Went and looked it up. No, it's it's a real thing. It's part of the unions. So I'm like, okay, I need to learn more about this. And then le- the more I learned, the more I realized that there are, there's two systems that have each other over a barrel. People know that this is a horrible idea that that makes no sense, whatever, and just fosters bad behavior in 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 teachers and doesn't actually reward good behavior. But then on the flip side of that. The people that are making the decisions are also in the teachers union mm. and they don't want to lose their rights. So it's almost like the same thing, like politicians, how like they're never going to vote for term limits because then it's removing them. Same right, with these yeah. teachers. They're never going to actually stop this insanity because it would harm them. Well, ultimately who does it harm the most students, kids and taxpayers? Because if you think about it, the rules they're mm-hmm. making, even if they're stupid and make no sense whatsoever and totally massively inefficient, it doesn't matter because they're not actually paying for it. Right. Well, I got to tell you, we wouldn't have to have unions if we didn't have ruthless, evil corporations right. who tried to suck every penny and every hour and every. I mean, listen, going back to the turn of the century, uh, unions had to be created because businesses were completely taking advantage of their employees. You know, go back to, uh, you know, Standard Oil and you go back to the Rockefellers and you go back to some of those people. They did not treat their employees well. They paid them almost nothing. They had to work seven days a week. It was a miserable, terrible life. And so the unions came in to fix that. So, you know, the lesson here is if you make a lot of money in a business, treat your employees good, treat them well. Uh, And if you, uh, you know, and, and, and vice versa, employees, don't take advantage of your employers. Don't show up at work and do nothing. And want to collect a paycheck because then they should fire you. Uh, you know, so yeah, it, it takes a teamwork. It's it's people need to work together on this. There was a, one of the school, uh, the head of the school board in California said um, uh, when he was trying to defend this idea of tenured teachers, he was like, look, out of 275,000 teachers, only 8,250 of them are too incompetent to be in a classroom. That's not a, that's, a, that's an insignificant a percentage. Thousand people, yeah. Imagine Fire having eight thousand two hundred and fifty people. By the way, that number has ballooned to over fifteen thousand teachers by now, mm. because COVID also brought out the worst in teachers, to where they were like, "Oh, well, we're just gonna not do anything." Well, and be honest with you, uh, and part of part of teachers' lack of motivation might be how much they get paid, and I got to tell you, teachers don't get paid enough. 
craziness, the craziness that happens in classrooms and right. dealing with these asshole children. I am so sorry. I can't imagine having to do deal with 30 to 45 brats all day long. So consider that, bro. The the bad teachers, these mm. 15,000 or so bad teachers that are just getting paid for nothing. You think don't you think that money would be better distributed among teachers that are actually doing their job well? Yeah, 100%. So not only are the taxpayers paying for it and the kids paying for it, but also the good teachers, good merit-based mm. teachers are also paying for it. I agree. They're never going to do a merit-based merit-based. The the left is never going to do merit-based because merit-based means that it's essentially capitalism. <laughs> <laughs> and if you you they don't want capitalism, they don't want uh, the the strong succeed and the weak perish. Right, that's so that, not how it works. So, there, so <clears throat> there's a really good argument as to why unions are really important. But then on the flip side of that, there's an argument on how that rewards bad behavior. So it's a very difficult. There's got to be a checks and balances, and everything and everything you do, anything next is going to be bad for you. Um, you have to have some kind of um uh balance between the two in order for merit-based acts whether it's teachers or writers or actors or whatever um to be rewarded and greedy companies not to completely take advantage of their poor employees like amazon making you know not not forcing their drivers to pee in bottles we never did that, but giving them such insane requirements and time uh timetables that the only way for them to to hit their marks and not be fired is to pee in a bottle on the way to a delivery. Right. Look, no one ever said that you forced them to do that, but you have put them under such insane, really difficult um, restrictions that the only option they have is to install a catheter. You need to reconsider. That's yeah. Crazy. It's like Star Wars Andor. When the, they're in prison and they're required to make so many of the uh, of the weapons each day, remember, and the the team who made the least amount of weapons, you know, were tortured. Right. So, right. <laughs> that's that's how that's how business. We is should operate. do that. We should do mm -hmm. things where we just torture people. Yeah, it's like yeah, you didn't get it done. Oh, I'm sorry, you're the punished today. All right. Well, that's enough with this. I didn't expect this topic actually to take so long. So, you know. Oh, one quick thing. Um, everyone like Mark Ruffalo's. Hey, I'm just like you outfit. <laughs> what the hell is he wearing? Did this did this guy wake up and he told us his stylist he goes, look, um, make me dress like I'm in in poverty stricken. He's a crazy person. That's all I can say. Uh, there was Robert Downey Jr. was doing a thing with Christopher Nolan, like where they read the internet together. Wonderful video. Robert Downey Jr. is is just you know, awesome. He's gem. And he talked this man. Yeah, and he talks about how they they got an he got an Avengers tattoo and he shows it on his on his arm, and he's and he goes to the story of how Scarlett Johansson got hers and Chris Evans and and Helmsworth and him, and then when it got to Mark Ruffalo, he's like, "I'm not joining your Hollywood inner circle," you know, and so he was just immediately like about not doing that with the. I mean, he's just he's just a strange guy. They all got the Avengers tattoo. They well, yeah, they got a little tiny one. Yeah, on so I think that's so rad. That a yeah, group of people that worked together for so long had this yeah. experience that they shared. Like that, that's not, I don't think that's like some form of like pride or like arrogance. I think that's awesome. You yeah. experienced something with, with a group of people for like 10 years that is not only uh, 
successful for the company you work for. It's successful for you. It's shaping your outlook and your future. And it's a cultural phenomenon that millions and millions and millions of people love. Dude, if that doesn't warrant a tattoo, I don't know what does. <laughs> well, he didn't want one, so there you so go. I want to see. I want to see uh, Remark Ruffalo's tattoo, and I swear to God, mm. there's one Asian character on his arm. Okay, just <laughs> one. Okay, we have a problem. I'm not sure what that means, but okay. I'm sorry, I was just making fun of myself because I, I have, I have the Asian characters. Do you even know what yours means? Yeah, it means it means loyalty. You can say whatever you want. I guess you no, can it just does. No, I, I, I looked it up. I took the graphic to the guy and I said, put this on my arm. All right. It was the 90s. Okay, come on. All right. <laughs> Moving on from this. Let's talk about Strange New World, my dude. Oh, uh, for anybody, I know somebody mentioned they wish they could super chat. You can super chat still. I know maybe not through YouTube specifically, but Brian, can you again tell them how they can yeah. super chat? I'm going to put this up here. Uh, super super chat all right so if you want to super chat donate tip whatever you want to call it because youtube is uh in the process of uh deciding our fate right now <laughs> and it's not looking good deciding whether or not we eat <laughs> Fucking YouTube. so we need we need a union that's it. No, no, yeah. Someone said you need a YouTube union. We need a YouTube union. Oh, no, so because then, so then, it, then, well, the problem is if you had a YouTube union, then you couldn't have any like one percenters. No, you're, you're gonna, gonna have like you're, you're gonna same. have like like a thousand people with like thirteen subs all requesting the same income. <laughs> um, <clears throat> no, but you, if you want a super chat, uh, go to streamlabs.com/slash the podcast live. It's right there at the mm. top right of the pay uh, screen. Um, that's what it looks like. It's pretty cool, actually. You can watch uh, the stream. Uh, you can tip or super chat from there. And you can also follow the chat also. So make sure you're logged into YouTube when you do it so you, everything comes over. Um, but we also have our Discord there. You can chat in the Discord. Mm. So there's a Discord chat. There's a YouTube chat. And the, it's a really cool page that, that, I, that I, it took me longer to set up than I want to admit. But go check it out. Um, and yeah, it's at the, the top right of the, if you look at the top, my bad, look at the top right at streamlabs.com slash the popcast live. Thank all you. right. Thank you. And we appreciate any support because frankly, guys, we're not making, this is all free. This is, we know we're not making any money doing this. So it would be cool if, uh, if you guys do support us. Oh my God. <clears throat> okay. One quick rant. One quick rant. Oh, Christopher Mays just got here, by the way. Oh, what the show's about. Christopher Mays. See that, Christopher? That's did did he give you? Did he give you permission to yes. show his naked body? You on did. Our you gave us permission. I made sure. <laughs> you said I can share it social media. Now, technically, this, <laughs> this is a is website, social media, <laughs> but it's pretty close. I think. It's also on his OnlyFans account. Yeah, it's on my OnlyFans account. Only OnlyFans.com/slash Klingon Warrior. <laughs> okay. Um. So I have this quick rant before we go to Strange New Worlds. And we're not delaying it because we didn't like the episode. We're just, this is part of the show. Okay, guys? Okay, if you came here specifically for Strange New Worlds, then that clip will be up tomorrow. But give me- Only give took me... you like an hour. Actually, no, I don't know if that clip's going up, is it? Yeah, until we... while we're, until we do the appeal, I don't think so. Oh, okay, well, then we'll wait, yeah. Yeah, there. <clears throat> Anyways, all right. So I got this old Jeep, 2007 Jeep Commander. Jeep decided at some point to make like a l very large SUV for years. They always, you know, they made the classic Jeep, the smaller Jeeps, some, you know, um, they're, they're rugged and they, 
the four wheel drive or whatever. One one model they decided to make a while ago that they discontinued was called the Jeep Commander, and it's this big seven seater SUV. And I got it uh, a long time ago. I bought I overpaid for it because I had really really bad credit when I was younger. So I get this Jeep. I've had it now for going on or over 15 years, almost 20 years. Uh, in a few years, it'll be 20 years old. This Jeep is still running. I have repaired it. I have, I have taken care of it, but to be fair, there's a lot of little problems that's that stop me from utilizing the truck for long, you know, long hauls and stuff like that. Anyways, I'm like, look, I got to get it fixed because my, my wife is starting her job. She works with special needs students in a, in a in high school. And this job is going to require her to be mobile. So I can't utilize her vehicle. I got to get this thing fixed. So I'm like, I got to get, I'm just going to get the most basic things done. I'm going to get brakes done. And I go to get the brakes done. <laughs> and the guy goes, well, you need new uh, this, that, this, that, this, that, this, that, all pertaining to brakes. And I'm like, okay, I can't afford any of that. So what about just the bare minimum? Just let me get brake pads. Uh, yeah, we can't do that. Why not? Because your rotors are completely shot. Okay. All right. All right. Okay. I'll, I'll, I'll save some money. And I'll come back. I go to get in the car. Car doesn't start. Because also the battery's dead. So I'm like, okay, can you get, can I, I'll buy a new battery from you guys. Okay, cool. But also your, your battery terminals are, are bad. Okay, I'll, I'll, let me get those replaced. Also, your battery terminal cable is bad. Uh, okay, um, before I kill myself, what else is wrong with it? <laughs> <laughs> I get the car. I, I eventually get like the most basic stuff done and just get it home. And now it's like just sitting there and I'm just, I got to save money to get the rest done. But my rant is I hate going to mechanics because every time I've <clears throat> ever gone, I want to get one thing done. And I can leave there with a bill three times higher than I expected without getting that one thing done. Mm. And the, the, the amount of times that has happened to me in my life makes me hate mechanics. And I'm not hating on mechanics. Your mechanic's fine. But the mechanic shops I go to, somehow I can't leave without losing my firstborn or an appendage. It's, it's incredible. <laughs> It's, it's so nuts. And to make it worse, I went back to get the car. And I'm like, I can't get this thing done. And it was up on the sticks, racks, whatever it's called. Everything's pulled off of it. The guy told me to come get the car. But the car was in pieces. It's, just like, it's like they just don't care about anyone's time and effort. I drove all the way over there. Oh, my God. I'm so angry about this vehicle, dude. I'm so angry about this car right now. Anyways, well, you can maybe uh, you know we love your rants, um, but save some for the member section where we where where all the good rants go for people to hear you like lose your mind. Bro, it's like the battery's bad, the battery, the battery <laughs> terminals are bad, the battery cables are bad. So like <clears throat> I've been driving this thing for years, and all of a sudden there's like fifty things that are bad. Like I don't get it. Well, as No Money G said in the chat, it's old. That's yeah. true. Yeah, so. Hey, we got a super chat from Kyle mm. Proch in the um, in the member section. Thank you, Kyle, for $30. Jesus, bro. 
Thank you very much. He goes, I know this was mentioned before, but Grace's review of Oppenheimer pretty much started with her saying she didn't like Interstellar. (laughs) (laughs) Of course, that makes sense. (laughs) That was just Just unbelievable to me, and I'm sure this movie will be fantastic. Yeah. How can she not like Interstellar? Like, what what sort of, like, brainless chimpanzee would you be to not like like an incredible movie like interstellar I bro mean, it's just... bro uh, can you do grace's voice <clears throat> no okay, you, that's so... you it's close to mickey that's like your i didn't like interstellar like okay well then i i don't need to be here anymore this is a waste of my time <laughs> immediately like okay i'm gonna leave thank you <laughs> thank you for the support kyle we are 100 percent with you um, so <laughs> anything you do that pretty good anything that uh anything that grace says is now opposite opposite day for me. I, i'm i'm a i'm a i'm a secret grace randolph simp not that i get off uh to like i'm, I'm not that i'm attracted to her appearance or her voice but i'm attracted to how bad her takes are mm. i i now watch grace and be like all right what's next <laughs> <laughs> oh my god okay um there's also a super chat here from i'm having a hard time with my mic right now it's like trying to go it's like flipping out uh from john burns remember chris chelios talking about the batman video uh the hockey guy can you elaborate for us chris because i think you're talking about the hockey guy i'm not really a sports guy but i think he's talking <laughs> about hockey i don't remember that sir what, what was it again um, he says, uh, remember Chris Chelios talking about the Batman video. Oh. I think Chris Chelios is a hockey guy. Those names sounds, sounds he's very... a, he's, he is a, he is a hockey guy. Okay. So I'm, I'm like half, right. My mic keeps like artificially. Oh, going. Yeah. Chris Chelios threatens Batman's life. That was a long time ago. Oh, wow. Hmm. Okay. Thank you, sir. Appreciate it. Well, we'll look at that. That sounds like a good Discord video. So, I didn't really like Interstellar. There's a reason I don't watch Grace. Please stop. <laughs> That's one of Shame. <laughs> oh, yeah. I remember one time you said you thought she was attractive. Yeah, this is before I heard her talk. Yeah. <laughs> it's when she started talking that sort of ruined it for me. Okay, so we're going to talk Strange New Worlds now, right? Yes, sir. Strange New Worlds. Um, Before we get into Strange New Worlds, I want to say that we did receive quite a bit of criticism because we're gatekeeping um, Strange New Worlds and we're gatekeeping Star Trek and all this stuff. And, and, um, you know, I've I've really given it a lot of consideration. Of course, we don't gatekeep because we say, listen, watch whatever you want to watch. But uh, I was watching, it was actually a really great interview on the Shuttlepod show with David Blue who was Eli from uh, Stargate Universe. And the guy is like a true, you know, nerd. He's, you know, he watches everything we watch, Star Trek, Stargate. You know, he's got kind of similar interesting takes. But the one thing that he said that really bothered me was that if you don't like something, then just shut the hell up. (laughs) That's kind of what he said. Uh, What right do you have to to say something that, you know, if you don't like it, you just shouldn't talk about it. That's kind of what they said. Mm -hmm. And my argument to that is if you like something, if, 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 if you like something, 
uh, and and that's great. But if you don't like something and you don't like it because um, it's been disrespected or uh, trampled upon or changed or, you know, like especially with a Star Trek franchise, because this is a franchise that goes back 50 years and we have, you know, um, I don't think that we should shut up. Like, I don't think we shouldn't tell what our real true opinions are, especially if we have this history with it. You know, we shouldn't be silent. So that way, um, you know, and I think his his take on it is, is I've made these shows. I've been a part of these shows. Um, I want to keep making money. So I want you to shut up and not criticize it. Right. I think that's the point of view he's coming from. And here's my thing is like, <clears throat> we do believe in a merit-based system. If you make good shows, then we're going to say, yes, keep making good shows. If you don't make good shows, then we're going to tell you you shouldn't. And I'm sorry if that affects your bottom line or how much you get paid. You know, <clears throat> that's just the way it works. If I create a bad product uh, and you don't like it, you shouldn't keep buying it. So that's all I have to say about that before we get into the review. Okay. Um, I think that's uh, that's pretty fair. Um, we did get a super chat from JT, JT Cap. Thank you, um, JT. He used the he used the Streamlabs tip feature. Oh, okay, oh nice. All so right. we're glad that it works, JT. So it's from JT Gun Late Night with Cap. He Go goes, check him out if you guys haven't. Yep, check out his channel. Five dollars, and he said, "Here, take my money." <laughs> Thanks, man. Thank we you, appreciate JT. the support. We we really do. Oh, John Burns clarified it was a, there was a labor dispute, I guess, a, in, in hockey. I see. And he went full Perlman. Oh, so he threatened Beckman, I, I'm assuming. He threatened Beckman's life. Yeah, there's, yeah, it's back in 2011. Wow. It's been a long time. It's great. It's been a long time, time, time. Okay. Let's talk about Strange New Worlds, my dude. You ready? I am ready. What's the name of this episode? Something about... Uh... The name of this episode is... We don't know who Captain Kirk really Sabotage, is. Sabotage, right? <laughs> yeah. We don't know the James Kirk character. Yeah, just to be clear, everyone, if you know, actually, the name of the name of the episode is called Lost in Translation. Here's the deal. If you like Strange New World, that's good. Yes. Um, if I'm going to be real honest with you, like totally massively, like no, no, I'm not, no, no, no gray area. Generally speaking, I do like the show. I like it enough to keep watching it, but I don't love it. Um, I like it more now that they finally admitted canonically that this is an entirely different timeline. And I'll tell you this, there's an episode coming up that only furthers that argument, um, in my opinion. But... Well, let me, before you get into it, let me also preface my opinion, because you gave your opinion on whether you like it or not. And I know we only care about whether you like it or not, but I will say that. How are you talking about? Well, it's, it's funny because you kind of, and then you're going to go into the review, but I, no, you I should wasn't. take I, my take on it. I was it. trying to get the altered timeline. Well, it's okay. It's an altered timeline is not the problem of the show, in my opinion. Okay. The show has moments like where it could be good. Right. Uh, the problem with Strange New Worlds is that they have their A and B story screwed up. Um, this episode, what we're going to talk about here, is a great example of more than half of the episode focuses on relationships. Mm. Focuses on dialogue about each other's relationships. It's hilarious. There's, there's going to be a moment here where literally in this episode, okay, it's more <laughs> Discovery-esque than ever. Okay, 
um, here, here's the relationships that we're going to deal with in this episode. And it's going to take more than 30 minutes of us to do this. Una and Pelia, Spock and Chapel, Kirk and La'on, Hammer and Uhura, Uhura and her parents, Kirk and Sam, Kirk and his father, Sam and his father, Una and Hammer. Holy Jesus Christ, guys. Like all of those relationships are explored in this one episode that's supposed to be about aliens and new life and and this whole relationship right. but yet it spends all this time they literally walk around a dark ship for like five to seven minutes of screen time looking for a guy who's ran from them so that they can simply talk to each other about their relationships and stuff right i mean this is what's wrong with strange new worlds like that is the problem this is what you could do on any tv show anywhere on the planet if you're gonna do a star trek show you need to do Star Trek things. You can't like dangle a little bit of Star Trek dust in front of our face. Right. And then give us CW relationship stories. Yeah. It's the A B story problem. Every episode, it's like there's a B story and A story and they should, every episode they they should be swapped. Like we we need to see more about the aliens, that new life form, what they're doing with the deuterium. Like, well, give me, show me the problem and, and, and build the universe out. I like Ohura, but I don't need to know so much about this character in every episode. You can feed, you can feed me small bits of it, but focus on what should be the A story, the nebula and the weird aliens and all that, mm-hmm. not their relationships. That should be the B story. And it should be slight. And I and I understand why they might have a problem with it. And so I don't want to 100% blame um, the writers and everybody because they're trying to get you from a point from the first episode to the 10th episode. The problem is there's only 10 episodes. So they're correct. They're trying to create these character arcs and trying to help us get ingrained with the characters over the course of a, of a season. Right now, back when we were doing TNG, we had 26 episodes with which to see little bits and pieces of relationships and then, you know, and focus most on the story. But by the end of the season, you would learn something about the characters because there's only 10 episodes. There's now not that ability. So there, it is possible. I want to believe that they're doing it because they have to, and not because they want to, because if they, if they have to do it, then that's one thing. But if they want to do it, it's just ruining the Star Trek story. And there's times through here where, where I've had nothing but good things to say about Celia Gooding playing Uhura. Uh, but in this episode, she simply is overacting uh, and, and she's uh, desperately acting in so many ways. She, right. it, it's, it's, it's almost to the point of like, um, you know, somebody needs to set her aside and say, you know, this is not the way you should get through this scene. It sounds almost like somebody on Discovery, um, you know, having a, a mental breakdown. And I understand her character is having trouble this this episode, but... Um, her trying to convince other people of things comes across uh, not feeling very good in this episode. So, yeah, uh, there was also a moment there where she was like, she basically takes him, takes she basically takes control of the bridge, and she's like, "Fire torpedoes!" And you're like, what? "I was like, I why was shocked. She, man. Why is she, she doing that? The captain's right there, dude. What are you doing?" It is so. I am so. I am so disappointed uh, at Pike's lack of purpose in this whole show. Yeah. Um, he, in that scene that you're talking about, he, I mean, he serves almost no purpose through six episodes. He has a couple of nice moments in episode four, but that's it. I mean, he's literally at the end of it. 
I mean, if you guys, spoiler, obviously, if you guys spoiler haven't alert. seen the episode yet. But uh, Uhura basically tells them they have to destroy this Federation gas station or whatever that obviously cost an incredible amount of money. And he just looks at her and goes, okay, are you sure? And he's like, yes, destroy it now. And he's like, okay, well, tell us how we're going to do it. I'm like, really? Fuck, tell me how, tell, tell us how we're going to do it. Aren't you the captain of the ship? Like, and it literally becomes this moment where, and this is another part of the problem that's wrong with the show. It's like, okay, this is Uhura's moment. So now everything is about Uhura and Pike can't be the expert. Nobody is the, is the subject matter expert when it's somebody else's moment. There's no like teamwork. It's like Uhura completely take over. And like you said, she's even telling Lon, fire the missiles or fire whatever, fire torpedoes. I mean, like what in the hell just happened here? It was so weird and yeah. non-Star Trek-y. It was just weird. Ugh. Yeah, um, you're right. It's 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 it doesn't feel Star Trek-y. The fact that the ensign comes on and says, like, we need to destroy the thing that we that that this entire fleet just spent all this time putting effort into. I mean, just taking her out of war like that was just not that you shouldn't trust your you know right. her. But like, there's gotta be some kind of consideration other than just Pike being like, "All right, if you think so." Like, come on, that's too. Well, funny. yeah, and there's episodes. I mean, earlier in the episode, Pike talks as Uhura, you know, as my friend, and I'm like, "Look, okay, we get that over time these these people come together as friends. Um, would you say that uh, Uhura and Kirk are best buddies uh, on the Enterprise? Well." You know, in this episode, I, apparently they were very close friends. Um, but Pike has just a, a kind of an unnatural relationship with his crew that doesn't feel right to me. Yeah, best way to put it. Yeah, he feel he feels like uh, I don't know. You know, you know, you know what he feels like. Um, he's like the the guy in the dorm that's in charge of like the rooms, yeah. right? Camp counselor or the yeah, uh, like the camp counselor. The, yeah, yeah. What is yeah, it called when like the dorm the dad, monitor, the dorm room dorm monitor? monitor yeah. Mm. He's like a dorm monitor, a camp counselor. Or, or like a like a Sunday like school a, teacher. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's very weird relationship. But once again, another episode where he really doesn't do much. Um and it's just it's just disappointing. Um Hey guys, remember uh no no drinking in the dorm at this time. Okay, thanks so much. We know you I know you're a bro. Like he's that guy, he's like He's in charge, but he they, he doesn't really he's not really getting the respect. He doesn't take yeah. charge in in like the normal way. It's very hard to actually verbalize, to be honest. Do we go through show? Do we? I can't remember how we're doing this now. Are we going to show some screenshots or something as we yeah. go through, or how? Yeah, I'm 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 gonna start right now, real quick. We got a another uh, super chat slash streamlabs tip from. Christopher Mays for twenty dollars, and he did. Thank you, Chris. It actually did take over the Unleashed Hero. Did it do it? Oh, yeah, okay, it nice. Did. So that worked, gents. Your OnlyFans, I mean Streamlabs <laughs> site, looks great. Nice. I love the hat model. <laughs> Cheers. You're the only hat model we need, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so and, we're going to the number uh, section. It's really easy to get there. If you go to the description, you'll see it in the description. Um, you can also do nothing and wait for this video to handshake you on over. Before we go, though, we do have a super, a couple more super chats I want to address. First off, um, son of John for ten dollars. Thank you, son. 
I hope Paramount, Akiva, Alex are not going to listen to me right now because I don't like this week's uh, episode six of Strange World. Tired of seeing Jim Carrey. The season is Love Boat Redo. <laughs> Where is the adventure? That's a good point. It does point. feel like Love Boat. Yeah, good call. You know what's funny? I never considered the <laughs> it does. It does remind me sort of Love Boat. That's it's all like relationship. Like it's all like, you know, who's, yeah. No, it's true. Interesting. It's love. Mm. By the way, I love the love boat. Yeah, yeah. When I was a kid. Um, what what's better? <clears throat> love boat or MILF Island? The love boat soon will be making another. Shame, what's better? Love boat or MILF Island? Is there a, a thing called MILF Island? Is it real? <laughs> yeah, it's a real thing. <laughs> real quick before we go. Uh I'm gonna explain <clears throat> more about MILF, MILF Island in the member, member section. But just just to let you just to give you this teaser, um, it's literally a reality show where a bunch of moms and all the moms' sons. <laughs> no, <laughs> yes. just don't say anything else. Oh. Dot dot dot. God. Imagine going to a reality show and finding out your buddy Trent just nailed your mom on camera. <laughs> This is the unscripted television we're going to get, guys. This is the problem. We need the strike to end because this is what's gonna. This is what we're gonna get. Well, how about this though? And I'm gonna get more into this. This Holy would hard. never work in reverse. You could never do a Dilf Island. No, think about how no. massively inappropriate it would be. Number one, there's no, there's no, th no such thing as a Dilf. Yes, there is. Get out of here. No. There, there is. I, I don't think so. Look, I, I feel like I, at one point in life, was a DILF, okay? And then I gained a bunch of weight. <laughs> no young girls want to have sex with you. That's what that means. That's not true. That's not true. You think young girls... Oh, Plenty. Plenty. I think, Plenty. I think, I think you're <laughs> What wrong. are you I talking think, about? You took it to a wrong, I think, weird place. I think, I think young girls think that most older men are gross. Look, guys, I put the link to the members section a in the chat. A little bit older, but not... Not it's bad. also in the description, and it should hand check you if you just sit here and do nothing. Mm. We're going to the members section. We'll talk more about Milf Island, Snow White, <laughs> Little People, and Shane's oh, we Snow White. weird obsession with angry bees. We're going to be talking about that in the members section. Come on over. The water's warm. Shane just peed in it. It's very pleasant. I'll see you over there. Thank you for supporting us and give us all your thoughts and prayers this week because our appeal is being considered tomorrow and we hope that we can get re-monetization. Amen. Thank you, guys. We love you. Appreciate you. See you next week.